got a lot to say about the world I occupy every day. But when I say what's on my mind, I find I piss people off. You're listening to What the Folk, real talk and raw tunes for revelationary times. I'm Emily Yates, and this is a special mini-episode featuring a conversation with a few other veterans following our trip to Tulsa to make a public statement of solidarity with the Movement for Black Lives at Trump's first pitifully attended rally. My name is Stephen Funk. I live in Austin, Texas, and I'm a member of About Face. My name is Ollie. I live in Concord, California. I'm also a member of About Face. My name is Emily. I live most recently in Colorado, and I'm a member of About Face and Veterans for Peace. I'm Crystal Tubles. I'm a well of Hota Cheyenne. I'm a member of About Face and the director of Voices of the Sacred. Both of which are focused on veterans and organizing veterans and showing up to support communities. We're here in Tulsa right now so that we could support and provide security and community defense training. Trump had planned his first campaign rally on Juneteenth. Uh, which is a sacred day for the black community here. And also the location in itself, Tulsa, is also a really significant space where the Greenwood District is considered a sacred space as well and is the site of a massacre of Black Wall Street. And also just the indigenous struggle that goes hand in hand with black struggle. Tulsa is also the site of where the Osage peoples experienced a large killing off of their people as well because of their wealth because of access to money as well. Um, so it's it's this this unique space that we're in currently. And we, we were called and asked to be here to provide support. So we mobilized veterans from all across the country to come here and to support and to stand with our black relatives, our indigenous relatives, most especially on these days where Trump is here and there's a lot of his supporters also present. And so making sure that we're, we're keeping our people safe. Um, so that's kind of our first and foremost goal right now. My name is Stephen Funk. I came here from Austin, Texas. Beyond other reasons, uh, today's Father's Day. I just lost my dad. And I came here because of what else could you do except for fuck with dump and the patriarchy today. <laughs> my name is Ollie. I'm from Concord, California. I have to admit, a week ago, I didn't know about Black Wall Street or the Tulsa Massacre. So as I learned about that, and learned about how some people call it a race riot to detract from the fact that it was really like a targeted attack by white supremacy. I mean, and then to find that Trump's coming here too, which feels like the same thing. I felt like it was my place to come help out because the, the country as a community has invested a lot of money into like training me to, as a veteran, right? So like, this is how I get actually get back to the community because what I did as a member of the military didn't help out my community. I also didn't know about Black Wall Street until this week, but I got the call to come down here and help out in whatever way possible. Things are really coming to a pretty important head, I think, as the elections get closer and the coronavirus continues and uh, people continue to die of that and of police killings. It's impossible to, to stay out of it. We were called to Tulsa to provide uh, community defense or collective defense and community safety training and security for a local group called Unified Tulsa. Unified Tulsa um, 
is a newer organization and asked for support in organizing possibly an action and, and to ask for security. And so that is why we, we mobilized veterans within two days um, and hit the ground within two days all across the country. Once we arrived, we had 24 hours to basically go forward with uh, disrupting in a certain way. We ended up playing two roles, right? We provided the community safety training um, and support and are working on ongoing relationships for training in the future for Unified Tulsa in the space that they wanted to hold down in the Greenwood District, right on the site where the massacre happened in that area. So we just continue to provide community safety for them and support them. And then the second part of what we did while we were here is an action to take advantage of the fact that Trump is here, uh, there's Trump supporters around, but also like now more than ever in the wake of what is happening all across the country, it's important for us to continue to disrupt those spaces and continue to make stands and to demand justice and to demand uh, that Black Lives Matter and to demand that we defund the police, to demand that we reinvest back into our communities for things that really help the people. Um, and so that is what one of the actions that we did. We ended up going through, executed very beautifully, and we had three folks arrested, and we all supported and loved them through that process, and, and seeing them come back to us, and now closing out in a very beautiful way and making plans for how we continue these relationships and move forward together. It was amazing the kind of quick coordination that happened and I think that's something that's really great about our veteran group is that we do have people who are just, I'll be there and that's important. My little role in it, since I came here a little bit later than others, was just to help uh, support people who are in the media trying to document what's going on because, you know, it's a hostile environment for uh, the media, but for a lot of people. But luckily, no one showed up, so we didn't really need that much security. I thought it was important to take action today because, uh, you know, Trump had intentionally tried to intimidate people that would try to use their voice here today at this rally, and I thought it was important for us to show him that, you know, we're not afraid of him and that we're going to keep showing up and using our voices. Yeah, I think one of the greatest strengths we have as veterans in the anti-militarism movement is the fact that we've been in the belly of this beast and no matter what else what other trauma or backgrounds we've come from or manifestations of oppressive capitalist systems we understand the ways that racial injustice and systemic militarism are linked and the ways that we have to work together to rehumanize ourselves and reaffirm our abilities as human beings and claim our agency as as veterans who have worked for this system and now feel a responsibility to for me i feel a responsibility to make up for this work that i did in the military and to to actually be of service you know people the interesting thing that um that really struck me at that Trump rally was everyone wanted to thank me for my service. And if, and I all I could do was think, like, I'm doing the service right now, so you're welcome. <laughs> you know? Like, what I did in the military was a job that I was paid for. Not very well. I think we worked out, like, 225 an hour or something like that. But, including no overtime. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no overtime. overtime. Exactly. Sorry, sorry. 
<laughs> so now I feel like being out of the military gave me a chance to finally be of service. My job in the military was public affairs and messaging, public relations internally, and now I feel like I can bring that that skill set into a constructive and helpful um, space so that it's a thing I can bring to the table, use my powers for good instead of evil, I guess. This is an extremely racist president, and he's also the commander-in-chief. There really is so much connection here between the dog whistling that the president is doing and the fact that we're constantly being thanked for defending freedom, these these mixed-up narratives. Uh, I feel like what we did here this weekend was make an effort to correct some of that narrative and say that when we're defending freedom, that's not something we do in the military, that's something we do by resisting fascism and resisting racist structures and the patriarchy and all forms of oppression. I think that's something we effectively accomplished this weekend and I feel good about continuing for the long game. <laughs> what are any specific call to action that you want to lift up? Mm. Uh, to be in the military to quit their jobs. Uh, you might have a legal obligation to do things, uh, just like I had a legal obligation to do things when I was in the military, but I didn't have a moral obligation to do a goddamn thing. And you have an opportunity, if you have not already harmed your community, to stop yourself before you harm yourself and them. So, when I was in the military, I, uh, I pretty much immediately started protesting the war publicly, and I became a conscientious objector and came out. <laughs> and all that was difficult, but I can't imagine going through stuff that I knew was wrong and then living with that. When I, when I, when I realized what I did was so, it opened so many doors of opportunity for me. I met so many amazing people because of that. And I guarantee if you do it, you'll get into every school you ever apply into. <laughs> so just quit and go off to Harvard or whatever, girl. <laughs> I think a big call to action for me is, and specifically with veterans, is around like my journey as a veteran was really complicated, being a Native American female in the military, knowing what the U.S. military did to my peoples and knowing what they continue to do after that, and the way the U.S. military and the people that enlist are used as tools of imperialism. They're used as tools of white supremacy. And because of that, I think we, we have a moral obligation and a duty um, to finally stand for what is right right now. And I think it's so, so important that we're in this moment where National Guardsmen in active duty that are being called to go and uh, police their neighbors, uh, you, you can stand down and we will support you. About face, we, we got you. you know, we'll provide peer support, emotional support. We'll hook you up with the legal supports you need. But right now, you have an opportunity to make the right choice, to stand on the right side of history, um, and to make a stand against all of those things that continue to hold all of us down. You know, but more specifically, Black and Indigenous peoples, people of color, people that are oppressed in our in our country. And so now is the perfect time for that to happen. And, and we just continue to say that we'll be here to support you through that process if you do that. I think the thing that I would, I would say to any active duty member of the military or the police force or um, any law enforcement is that 
one of the things that those organizations do is they take away our humanity and they train us essentially to die. This work that we're doing now is training ourselves and others to live, to live better and more just lives. If we joined the military because we wanted to be of service or if that just became a motivation, I think a lot of people relate to that. So if that's FSU, that was me. And, you know, this is service. Service is often difficult and thankless, but it, it's always working for good instead of evil and for the disempowered instead of the hyper-empowered. So if you, if you want to to reperson yourself, <laughs> rehumanize yourself, and actually be of service, the best way to do that is by joining this extremely passionate and increasingly well-organized movement of people trying to lift up the oppressed and amplify voices that are silenced and create a more sustainable, more human more uh, compassionate world. Uh, Jade Daniels, Los Angeles, California, and I'm communications coordinator with Grassroots Global Justice Alliance, um, and it takes roots, and I'm also an artist, an activist, community member, uh, black non-binary femme, living and surviving in the United States. We're here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, we just experienced Juneteenth here. Today's Father's Day. Um, yesterday, Trump held uh, his first rally here. Uh, this is also the site of the Black Wall Street massacre in 1921, almost in the same timeline, I think it was May 30th to June 1st, 1921. So we're also not too far away from the anniversary of that on this, um, on this land in Greenwood, neighborhood of Tulsa, Oklahoma. We have a little ragtag group of um, activists from different organizations, veterans, and community members that have communed here and organized an action at the Trump rally that um, held space and uplifted Greenwood um, and unified Tulsa individual on the eve of Trump's rally. So doing trainings, building relationships, having these deep discussions around what the world we want to live in looks like and how we're going to get there. We have a lot of work to do, but we were definitely reminded more clarity in the work we have to do, the way that we want to do it, um, and also what we already have in such an abundance of spirit, an abundance of revolutionary energy, an abundance of skill sets, an abundance of perspectives and identities, and all those things are, are what's going to help us to win. So um, we're leaving here with smiles on our faces, our shoulders a little slumped, but our chin and our heads held high and forging a lot of new important bonds. So excited to see what, what comes out of this space. Thanks for listening to this pocket-sized episode of What the Folk. Stay tuned for a full-length episode later this week.